0: most of the men who message me don't have a profile picture most of the men who message me struggle connecting with women how is a girl ever supposed to connect with you if she doesn't even know what you look like think about it i love you Ever since my last podcast, or not the last one, but the one with uh, Faraz, I've been addicted to coconut water. I've been craving it. And I think it was because he brought the, the fancy bottle or the fancy box, should I say, that had all the coconut chunks. And so it was not only a drinking experience, but it was an eating experience at the mm. same time. And then we we're talking about a lot of cool things. So I like coconut water. I have an appreciation for it now. <laughs> you ever try banana milk? No. What the fuck is that? I don't know. It's just something I made up right now. I, if I were to make a brand called banana milk, was it banana milk. You made it up. Yeah. (laughs) It (laughs) It would be a, it would be a yellow box like this. It would have a little um, monkey on there and the monkey looks like curious George, but a little bit different. So we don't get in trouble for trademark, but it's something that has like a, I kind of recognize that monkey, right? But it's going to be milking a banana. And there's little droplets coming out of the end of the banana. Bro. (laughs) Banana milk. And that would come into stores near you. Yo, what if I created a protein powder, a protein drink, and I called it banana milk? Honestly, just the name
1: itself. It just reminds me of the. You ever have those popsicles that are like chocolate and banana?
0: Yes. I don't know why banana (laughs) milk makes it just gives me that flavor. I just taste it. Yeah, bro. You create a banana milk uh, chocolate protein. I would drink that just for the name. You know, even if it tastes like dog shit, <laughs> who's not going to go like, yo, I want to try the banana milk chocolate protein drink. Exactly.
1: I don't know. Just something about the name banana milk.
0: It kind of reminds me of like the Yahoo chocolate milk. Oh, yeah. Have, yeah. Do
1: you like that stuff? Uh, no, my favorite chocolate milk is grab and go. Grab and go. Those are delicious.
0: I'm not a huge chocolate milk connoisseur myself, but with Yahoo I remember trying it when I was a kid, and I was hooked. But I only had it that one time as a kid. But I always thought about it and dreamt about it, like the best chocolate milk I've ever had. But I only had it once. And then I had it one time a couple of years ago, now that I'm an adult, and it tasted terrible. It was probably the worst chocolate milk I've ever had. Just water. Which means one of two things. One, maybe my taste just changed, Or two, they changed the recipe, and they didn't want anybody to know but me contrasting it to 20, 30 years ago, I'm like, yo, you guys definitely changed that <laughs> recipe because this tastes like dog shit.
1: That's what happened with Nesquik. I used to love Nesquik, the the mix. Yeah. But it tastes so different. And I,
0: then, I agree. I, I can second that. I,
1: I recently, I went to the store and I bought one and it said the classic taste
0: is back. So they didn't change it. Yeah. And I I had to buy one of those. I was reading a book on marketing and, uh, that's probably why that's the first thing that popped into my head. And I forget what book it was, but it was talking about how, like, you know, a lot of times companies, big companies like Coca-Cola, you know, it'll be a very popular drink, but then a new guy comes in, he's a business guy and he's running the operations and he goes, yo, I'm looking at this recipe and it's 43 ingredients what do we need all 43? What if we took out just one, it would save us our our costs on the profit margin and bring our business this much profit. And it's kind of like similar. I don't know if you heard about this, but the, the double cheeseburger used to be on the dollar menu at McDonald's. And then it became the McDouble where it was just a double cheeseburger with one slice of cheese instead of two. That one slice of cheese made McDonald's millions, maybe billions in how much they saved on cheese. And so they big companies, you come in, you change one little ingredient out of the 43, where the fuck it is, and they're like, oh, okay, well yeah, that made us a lot of money and nobody notices. And then slowly they change it again and they change it again. And then they realize the sales start going down a little bit, and why is that? Well, it's because over time you've changed it so much to where now it tastes completely different. But it's kind of like how do you how do you boil a frog you turn up the temperature really slowly. You know what I'm saying? I've never boiled a frog. It's you never really, have experience. Have you ever heard of that expression? Nah. Bro, <laughs> there's only one way to boil a frog. You don't take a frog and put them in a boiling pot of water. You put them in cold water and you turn the heat up slowly. I've never heard that expression. <laughs> You've never heard that? <laughs> no. Well, it just makes me think, Like, is that just
1: to distract the frog from its inevitable death? or? Well, know, have you ever chilling?
0: sat in a hot tub? Yeah. It feels good at first. And would you know if it went up one degrees and you're enjoying it? No. Would you know if it went up two degrees after it went up one degree? No. No. It's the slow change over time. And then when it's so hot that you're fucking hurting yourself, you, you realize, holy shit, how'd we get so hot? But you didn't even notice it at the time because it was a slow, gradual change. Mm, Does that make sense? Yeah. So it was just enjoying the water. Think about where else that applies into your life. Can you think of any off the top of your head?
1: I guess just that just kind of reminds me of like momentum. It could be either good or bad because it's like building on little habits, right? Like you pick up one bad habit, you know, you stop making your bed and then that turns into you stop cleaning your dishes and then you turn into, you know, it goes into work like you stop doing the little things, but you don't notice. And then it's just like builds this gradual.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one way it manifests. You know, or like same thing, smoking weed. I can definitely attest to that. First, it started out like, oh, I'll do this. Like I'm literally about to go to bed in 30 minutes. Um, might as well just hit this. Why not? And then you realize, oh, shit, I get good ideas when I'm high and I don't even want to go to bed now. And then you're like the next day, you're like, well, what if I hit it like a couple, a couple minutes earlier, a couple minutes earlier? And then one morning you, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to send it today. And you hit it, wake and bake You know, you wake up and then you're like, huh, I wonder if I could work like this. So you start working and then you realize, holy shit, I can get just as much done but also feel great at the same time just by hitting my vape pen when I wake up. Damn, this is like a cheat code to life. (laughs) And then pretty soon you're addicted and you're smoking all day every day and you don't even realize it because it's one step at a time. So yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, But then again, at at a certain point you have to be self-aware and realize when to when to cut back and so for me it's been a couple of years since i started smoking and i've been very diligent and uh you know i disciplined with it at at first and then it slipped out of control where i had just more free time i was taking more days off um i was just having fun shooting the shit i became a functional pothead you know, functioning pothead a successful stoner <laughs> and, and uh i was like well literally there's no reason for me to not smoke weed. And so when you came here, I didn't even realize how bad it was until you saw me in one afternoon, roll up and smoke three joints in a row. I remember that. (laughs) And you're like, bro, you're kind of low key, like a heavy smoker. I'm like, I I think I just started smoking weed like six months ago. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And, and so it made me really reflect. I'm like, damn, he's got a point. And then I started paying attention to, man, it kind of does affect my productivity a little bit. Sometimes I might get so high where I'm kind of just moving at half speed, Um, and so it's been basically this year, especially with COVID, because you got here pre a couple like a month month and a half pre COVID, and that's I would say when it really got out of hand. But then now we're stuck inside, and that what else am I gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Um, But I would say in the last couple months, two months, I've been a lot more disciplined with it. And if I'm not disciplined, it's because I say, fuck it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, uh, um, like today is a good example. I didn't hit my vape pen at all, uh, because I wanted to save it for Friday night recording this podcast. Um, and I just, sometimes I feel like it's easier for me to go from work mode, sitting in front of my computer to like, let's talk about life, uh, when I'm, when I smoke. And so, yeah, so today was a, a disciplined day and, uh, you know, I'm going to check that as a win, take it day by day. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, sir.
0: Yeah. So uh, another example is like, what does that manifest? Well, one that really scares me, I was thinking about this today before you came over here during one of my many bathroom breaks that I take throughout the day. I was thinking to myself, man, like, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast that emotionally scared me. And it's because usually a lot of the podcasts that I would consume prior to like, COVID or like last year, I started listening to Joe Rogan's podcast not even that long ago, like a year and a half ago. And it's different than every other podcast, most of the podcasts out there. But prior to that, I was only consuming podcasts that were like personal development, dating, coaches, stuff like that. And um, I kind of got bored with it. And I just thought, okay, that's the box that podcasts are. But then today I realized... Wow, because that's the box of what I what most podcasts are. I never had listened to a podcast until recently on Joe Rogan's podcast, where legitimately my my entire outlook on the world <laughs> was changed, and I was scared about it. Um, Which podcast was that? And I was I think I told you about this. It was the one where they brought on a guy from the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma.
1: Oh, no, you didn't tell me about this.
0: Okay. You haven't seen, you have, oh, yeah, we talked about it last night. You haven't even seen the documentary. Mm-hmm. If you're listening or watching this right now, watch this movie. All right. Don't smoke weed if you're not used to smoking weed before because it'll fucking trip you the fuck out. But you just realize that society is the frog, social media is the boiling water. And it has gotten to a point now where it's got so much momentum, and we can talk about some of the negative impacts that really do scare me um, and, and why this is relevant to me now, why I'm even why I'm even bringing it up. But social media, if you think about, rules our lives. Everybody has their phone on them at all times. If you don't have your phone in the same room as you, you feel naked, which is really weird, huh? That's true. Why is it? Because... These companies, every app, every social media, your phone in general is designed and constantly improved upon to do one thing keep more of your attention and retain you on their fucking thing. They don't care if you like, I don't care as a Facebook employee what how Facebook affects you as a fucking person in the long term. I just care that my job is to get you to stay and get you to stay longer, get you to consume more content and maybe get you to click on more ads. So if that's my only job, then every day I'm getting the smartest fucking people and they're all going to work on that. And so everything on your phone works like that and operates like that. Now here's where it gets dangerous. Think about this. What is the one thing, the one thing in the world that everybody has to look at? Nobody can refuse looking at it. Very few people their phone no on the highway everybody has to look at the accident mm. I get I get pissed when I'm driving on the highway and traffic is at a standstill and I'm assuming there's like a 10 car pileup. but I get up there 30 minutes later and what is it somebody just got pulled over but everybody had to fucking look you know and that's why all the traffic's going slow and just out of spite I make sure I don't look. But I think I'm one of the few. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I do sneak a peek. Actually, most of the time I sneak a peek. But sometimes, just out of spite, I don't look. So think about that. That's the one thing everybody shares in common. And whether they like it or not, social media knows that. They're basically showing you a new car crash every day. Why, why is the world so divided politically? Why is this? Because you got a lot of logical people. You got a lot of people who are kind of conservative in the middle. They go on social media And here's what happens. If you're a 15-year-old girl and you're looking for a diet and you're looking for just dieting advice, well, YouTube's algorithm knows, hey, on this little bar right here that I suggest everybody's videos or whatever, I just know if this is a 15-year-old girl, I know her demographic, I know what videos she's watched in the past, I know everything about her, and I know from 15 million other 15-year-old girls who are in that area that the one thing that's gonna get them to go down a YouTube rabbit hole and keep them on YouTube longer is if I start suggesting them videos on anorexia and bulimia, all right? How crazy is that? A girl is just looking into healthy diets and now she's going down an anorexia fucking rabbit hole. Dude, that right? Fuck shit up long-term. It's Think about like that. self-image. It's already fucked shit up, all right? Elections are so politicized now because of social media. We just finished an election and it was literally the the... Uh, It was a shit show. It was a fucking circus. From start to finish, it was a fucking circus. But what's happened prior to this... The world is already so divided, and why is that? Because you're on social media, you're getting served up car crashes just to get your attention. What's gonna get your attention? Well, if you do the research, what gets people's attentions is emotional things. If I can spark an emotion in you, particularly a negative one, you're gonna go on Facebook and you're gonna stay there, and you're gonna go down that rabbit hole, and you're gonna make your voice heard. And so literally, if you think about how this is affecting people as a society, it is making people further right or further left. If you're anywhere in the middle, you're gonna, some point become polarized what to the opposites way. just because that's the nature of how social media works. And think about how this has already affected countries across the world. Across the world, in a third world country, I, I'm just naming this based off the story that was told on Joe Rogan's podcast because this blew my mind, right? I can't, I so the reason why I say that is because I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what country and exactly what two groups it was, but basically in one of these lower income countries... Mark Zuckerberg has made a deal with the government there that, hey, on every cell phone they buy, why don't you just have Facebook apps already pre-installed onto the internet? Now here's where that got dangerous as a result. Because as a company, Facebook's like, hey, more exposure, more reach, automatically loaded on the phone so we don't even have to get them to download the thing anymore, so we eliminated the full step altogether. Well, in this country, most of the people can't afford real internet. So, and they don't wanna use the data on their phone, so they use Facebook as their source of information. They use Facebook as their internet on their phone, and this is already a thing. Now, here's the thing, in that country, if it's already poor, and you got the people who are the rich of the poor, have a phone, but they can't afford internet, and so everything they consume is on Facebook, because that's the only thing that's free on the phone, and then the other people who can not afford a phone don't have any access to that information, don't have the ability to defend their demographic on Facebook, and what happened was, There was a genocide. There was a lot of people getting killed because of radical fucking things they're seeing on Facebook. Jesus. And so literally Facebook created a fucking role for a 24-year-old UCLA Asian girl, a girl fresh out of UCLA who's got a 4.0's her whole life. You know, just imagine what kind of people are working at Facebook. You got this 20-something-year-old kid who just wants to make it big in Silicon Valley, and her job is to manage the political atmosphere of this country. That's crazy to me. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? So I've never watched a podcast that scared me like that. Um, And and so kind of that's exactly what The Social Dilemma is about as a documentary and kind of just the way they do it is they're interviewing people who were in the rooms of these companies, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Gmail, Google, um, and, and, you know, Facebook who are on the fucking teams in a fucking room like this, building it up when it was originally starting. So they were the people who created this monster, but it's just a monster that's got so much momentum. It's out of their control. And they're literally on this documentary telling you that it's bad. Here's why it's bad because I fucking designed it. And I don't even let my family use social media.
1: That's, and that's what I was going to ask. Like it not to be pessimistic or anything, but you know, Is there a way to even stop that or shift that, you know, negative momentum that it is creating? Because you said it is building that momentum and it's only going to get bigger.
0: It's AI. It's getting smarter by the second. Yeah. Literally, I think Joe's been probably also going down this rabbit hole because the other day, maybe this one he just did today. um, He's talking to some dude who is like, I don't even really know their background, but he talks about like addictive games and stuff. And I think he said an idea of like, how do we fix that? And what they suggested, I thought was completely like insane, right? They're they're talking about like, when you go on vacation as a company, they should talk about any email you receive just automatically gets deleted. So you're not worrying about your emails. And when you come back from vacation, your inbox looks exactly the same as when you left it. I think that's a stupid fucking idea, right? Uh, Especially from a customer service standpoint. But, or even just a sales standpoint, fuck it. But uh, I think that's a dumb idea. Another one is like, I think they asked him, what can you do? And
1: the
0: I think the only solution is the simplest answer that everybody's kind of skirting around because it's so simple that you almost forget about it. If we can just get uh, most people to delete their fucking social media. Like, I think that's literally the only answer here, right? Because the companies aren't going to stop. Yeah, I was thinking the Elon Musk brain chip. That's the next logical step. Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing. It's only going to get worse if social media continues and now the chip's in your brain. But I could see that kind of, like, leading into it. Like, you know, the social media is building so much
1: momentum. We, as humans, need to progress with it or else we just become extinct. What if it gets to that point? That'd be crazy.
0: I mean... I think it's literally what has caused this election in particular to be so crazy. I think literally if a civil war, God forbid, does break out within the next five years, which five years ago, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Today, you're like, I don't know, man. I guess I guess I could kind of see that happening. Well, why is it? Social media, I would argue, is the number one driver of that. At least the it's definitely not helping. We know that for a fact, right? 100%. Um. So I, I think it's already, we're already in boiling water and it, here's the crazy thing, you don't even know it, right? You're just stuck to your fucking phone and I think what brought this up today is literally I was talking about this dude who uh, used to be a client for Raw Dating Advice and he was uh, inside my my coaching program, Legendary Game, literally was there like last year, right? And he has since you know exited, it's been over a year and so he's doing his own thing but we're still Facebook friends and I was telling you, I see he's like kind of crushing it in India because he's Indian and he's like a, a coach for like business himself. And I'm like, man, he's kind of crushing it. But then I realized like this is my dating advice Facebook, right? I used to have a personal Facebook when I was in, in high school, but I deleted that years ago because I didn't have a need for it because I had my dating advice business that I cared more about than having being friends with my high school friends or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I literally have, I don't know, how however many thousand people have added me on, on Facebook And I don't know any of them, any of them. And I was talking to you before the podcast, I was like, I don't even know why the fuck I scroll Facebook. Like on my computer, I have Facebook timelines blocked and it just shows me a motivational quote when I go to Facebook. But my phone I have zero reason for using Facebook. I have one Facebook group for my private clients and and for raw dating advice, and that's technically the only thing I would need to be accessing on Facebook. It's the only interest I have in Facebook. I don't even run Facebook ads. I don't post on Facebook. Why the fuck am I scrolling Facebook? And it just made me realize I'm a fucking frog in boiling water. I am so addicted to Facebook that even if I don't know anybody on my timeline, I still scroll. Jesus. How crazy is that? That's insane, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that scares me, you know, and uh, I don't know where to go with that. It just, man, that's a pretty heavy twenty minutes of this podcast, bro. That is, I'm just here sitting and just fucking listening to you go off. Just, yeah, that's crazy. I think uh, I, I would also like to share something that also blows my mind. I was telling you about this last night, but the listeners of this podcast don't know because. Uh, The last podcast they saw, I uploaded yesterday and I'm going to upload this tomorrow um, because last weekend when I traveled to Kansas, get my own kind of vacation, take a step away from uh, just Arizona, you know, regardless of COVID, man, you still got to travel. You still got to get out of the house. Like before people go on vacations at least once a year, or they try to, to recenter themselves, take themselves out of the grind for two seconds, you know, and uh uh, especially as a business owner, I gotta stay true to that because, especially if I work from home and I'm always working from home, and now I can't go anywhere, you gotta travel however you can still. So if you're out there, I highly recommend just just go somewhere, get an Airbnb, you know, in a different sit, just get out of your environment. You need it. But for me, I went home, stayed with my mom, visited some old friends from high school from Kansas my best friend from childhood. That was the last podcast. I uploaded it because we filmed it last weekend. I didn't have time to upload it last weekend for the normal upload date. And uh, I wanted to get, I was thinking, should I just wait until this Saturday to upload it? But I was like, man, we talked about the election and the election didn't have a call yet. And now it technically does. So um, I, I was like, before it gets too out of date, let's go ahead and drop it. But I, I like the podcast. We had a lot of fun, basically hot box it in his living room. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you should go and watch it. It's fun. Um, just, I was thinking to myself, man, me and Bobby just have chemistry. Cause I've known him since I was four. He's literally been my best friend since we were four. And he lived right next door to me my whole life. His family now lives in my old house that I grew up in because they moved away and then they moved back and we sold him our house. So it's like, I know this guy, you know? And so, uh, uh yeah just our chemistry alone is worth worth the watch um he's the one guy who gives me a lot of shit because he's the one guy who always got girls growing up and i never got girls and now i'm a dating coach which is kind of crazy
1: yeah that was a fun episode to just kind of watch and get the clips for yeah
0: why did i bring that up oh because after that we took some shrooms we talked about it and oh my god (laughs) did those shrooms wow you know I had taken shrooms once or twice in the past. I talked about it a little bit on the podcast. And, you know, I think maybe I just didn't take enough or maybe these were just extra fire or something. Because what blows my mind is you had talked about sometimes, maybe even on the podcast in the past, uh, uh, having visuals when you're on shrooms, like you start to hallucinate a little bit. And, you know... Being someone who had never done any form of psychedelic, and especially growing up thinking, "Oh, psychedelics are bad for you." I mean, a lot of people still do that, but think about how many states are legalizing it now. You know, because it's a lot of it probably isn't as bad as as they think. Well, anyways, I didn't really know what to think of the whole visuals. I was like, maybe I don't think I I don't think I'd start hallucinating. Like, what is a hallucination? What does that even fucking look like? But then, you know, I've recently gone down the rabbit hole. Scott Walter. Talking about Templars, and you get into the topic of like the Ark of the Covenant and like God, universe, and you see a lot of these geometric symbols that maybe are even reflected in crop circles and things. This last time I took mushrooms, I look up, we're watching movies, me and Bobby on Netflix, and we're waiting for the shrooms to kick in. And should I say, these shrooms, I don't know why, but they were extra moldy, you know, I like I didn't even know you should eat a shroom if it's got mold and hair growing off of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was just like, I don't know the dirtier, the better. <laughs> so we put them down. It was kind of rough getting it down, but we're waiting for it to kick in. And I noticed the kind of the colors on the screen are just kind of melting. They literally look like they're melting off right? the TV. Off or the, the movies we were watching uh, Yeah, so maybe if it was like a western scene And you got the desert right here You got the blue sky right here It kind of just looks like the colors are just melting together Like watercolors, you know Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy um, I guess that's technically a hallucination I wonder what it'd look like if I looked up at the ceiling And you know, ceilings, a lot of them have textures on it And those little dots and stuff I looked up at the ceiling Within two seconds of looking at the ceiling All the dots had melted together and formed I shit you not the fucking face from the DMT visuals. Like literally, Google image, DMT visual, and you'll see these geometric shapes forming like a fractal of faces. I literally saw that in the ceiling. And it's like, bro, if I'm gonna hallucinate, the mushrooms are different. My brain is different. The chemicals interact differently. I'm a different person, right? You would think that it would be a random hallucination, kind of like your dreams. Not everybody has the same fucking dream, but the first time I fucking see something in the ceiling because the dots melt together in my eye, like in my visual, even think about right now, you're sober, right? What What is your eyes doing? It's basically taking electrical signals for your brain to interpret and tell you this is what you're looking at, right? So you could almost argue, well... Are my brains really seeing what is reality? Because I'm just I'm just taking in information and converting it into electrical signals, and somehow the mushrooms affect those electrical signals to where things start melting together. Well, I look at this ceiling, all these dots. It's like a canvas for my brain to go crazy with, right? They melt together, they form the fucking DMT faces, and that blows my mind because it's like, why are like how what is this has to be significant? There has to be a purpose to this because why would I see the same thing that everybody else is kind of seeing with those faces? And then two seconds later, the faces, I look down, I go, wow, that's crazy. I look back up and it forms a fucking uh, geometric like circle with a bunch of shapes in it. But I was like, I've seen this shape before and I've been doing some research on it and it's literally called sacred geometry and it's geometry symbols used to represent in Various different religions, Hinduism, uh, Islam, uh, Christianity, these sacred geometry uh, appear throughout, like, designs, you know, church designs, city layouts, things like this, and it's because it relates them, it connects them with God, the universe, but that's literally the visual I see after I see the faces, I look down, I look back up, and it turns into a fucking sacred geometry symbol, and I'm like, yo, there has to be something to this. That's not a random chance, right? And so it makes me think maybe those really do allow you to tap into something different. You know, someone who's high, someone who's tweaking out, someone who's like a fucking meth head, they're not talking about geometric shapes, you know. But I'm I'm peeking on shrooms, and I'm talking to my buddy Bobby in terms of geometry. And I'm talking about, like, crazy ideas, and I get a realization I need to start doing more Rubik's Cubes. Why? Because it's just geometry, you know. I'm literally thinking about the way the universe... That's a weird drug in itself. And so that tells me that's not fucking tweaking out on meth. You know, that's not fucking heroin. This is allowing me to tap into something, you know? Do you think that it's like
1: allowing you to tap into a different dimension or something that's actually there or?
0: Yeah. You know, what's crazy is like, I've never had it. It comes in waves, you know, before it's like, it was a feeling of being high and maybe I'm kind of getting weird thoughts and like thoughts I would have never thought before, Yeah. but this time I don't know if it was the shrooms were extra dirty, you know, (laughs) maybe they were dusted with that DMT dust, uh, or, or if I just took a a heavy dose, I, I don't know. But what I do know is I was getting waves of just like my, literally I would, I would be sitting here with you. But you would see me just kind of zone out for a second. And from your perspective, I'm just zoning out. From my perspective, I looked at that window that had a couple triangles on it. And instantly my world melted and I was in a fucking realm of just geometric shapes and colors. Like I literally felt like I was on DMT. You know, insane. and then like two seconds later, I'd come back. I'm like, "Well, that was crazy." You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was in the show, uh, either Inception or like Doctor Doctor Strange from the Marvel movies. I felt like he just fucking like made my world shatter into a bunch of shapes. You know,
1: dude, that's crazy. What if, if he started becoming Doctor Strange?
0: How badass <laughs> that, <what> <laughs> would that be? That would be insane. Just start,
1: you just just start seeing the the fucking sacred geometry on your hands, just
0: yeah, yeah. Dude, you know like when he does the little portal and it opens oh, up and you yeah. can go through it and it looks like a shape? That's what it looked like in the fucking scene. What if that's what you needed to do in
1: order to get into that other dimension? You just fucking needed to <laughs> open that portal for yourself. And
0: that's what all the secret societies are like keeping hidden and that's what they fucking do in their spare time when nobody's watching? Bro, maybe. Dude, that's... I, I don't them. know. I was thinking about this last night and I feel like I'm more fired up now. Uh, and it's just verbalizing my, I like I'm, I'm literally processing it as I'm verbalizing it right now. Um, so when I was thinking about it last night, I realized what, it, if I see the same thing as someone else, great. If there's a deeper meaning to it, great. But at the end of the day, is it really that significant if I can't do anything with it? You know what I'm saying? I see it. I look at it. It's there. My world collapses around me. Cool. But I didn't meet other beings. You know what I'm saying? Like some people talk about meeting little jesters and trolls and whatnot on DMT. Yo. You know? I didn't meet other beings. I saw a face. That was crazy. And and I, at some point, it kind of looked like it turned into a female face too. But I didn't talk to it. It didn't seem like a moving conscious thing. It just looked like a face that was a fractal of faces that maybe there was, maybe like I could feel like there might've been consciousness there, but it wasn't moving. I wasn't interacting with it, you know? So at the end of the day, okay, maybe I saw that, but what does that do for me? Can I, can I gain benefit from getting access to that realm? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I'd be curious to hear other people's experiences. I want to, I want to talk to someone else who's experienced someone, something similar. And I want to see what did they get out of it? And maybe is there a deeper benefit to this? Cause If I'm not, if nobody's able to access that and use it in a, I guess, proactive way, kind of like Dr. Strange, he uses it for different things, then what, what does that really do for me? You know what I'm saying? I'm curious if
1: it almost like in my head, I'm just kind of connecting the dots as far as like, what if it does tap into the spiritual? And I guess all it would really do would just be like, refine that intuition. Yeah. Because I feel like maybe that's... That, that, that's how the, that dimension communicates, you know, is through intuition. Mm. I mean, that's the only explanation I kind of have for it, but
0: yeah. One thing I would like to try, and here's the thing. I don't want to become a guy who's like always tripping out on fucking shrooms. Like, I don't even know if that shit's good for your brain or not. Um, I would have to look into it more and talk to some real experts on that. But <clears throat> one thing I do want to try, cause I haven't done this yet is taking shrooms while in nature. You know, a lot of people talk about doing that, but it, <laughs> what's crazy is I literally had a fucking emotional roller coaster of a trip. At times it was good. At times it was bad. But I think because I saw both extremes, it made me it gave me a deeper feeling of gratitude when it started coming down from it.
1: How uh, did you see the sunset when you were coming down or anything?
0: No, nah. well, I saw the, the sunrise. sunrise sunrise a little bit. I I couldn't see the sun because there's a lot of city and trees around mm. me, but I could see the sky.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely nice when you can just see the sunrise. It's just like yeah. a refreshing feeling. I don't know. Yeah, but I'd be curious different.
0: to see what it's like peeking on shrooms while in that environment. You know what I'm mm. saying? Because, uh, um, you know, I was just sitting on a couch in, a, in my buddy's shitty home in Kansas City, Missouri. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I had a fucking wild trip looking at his ceiling. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> what makes me real curious is what would happen if I rather than looking at dots on a wall, was looking at stars in the sky. What would that melt into? Bro. You know what I'm saying? I remember one time taking acid, or
1: two times. The first time was at Yosemite. That was like my second time taking. It was fucking beautiful. Like the trees were breathing, everything around me was breathing. And then we got to, I don't know which area we got, but we were just chilling, and we're looking at the mountains, and it literally looked like a a Picasso painting, like like the starry night. It was just like moving, creating this beautiful fucking scenery. And then there was so another, Van
0: Gogh was on shrooms. Van Gogh. Yeah, <laughs> okay, essentially.
1: And then uh, I remember taking it uh, I, I forgot at my brother's house, and then we just looked up, and like the, the stars were giving us a light show. They were just twinkling in a certain order. And what was weird is that every, every one of us was able to see the same thing. It looked like a force field, just like from the middle it would start. And then it would pick up again. And there was, we were seeing more stars than there were actually were in the sky.
0: You're blowing my mind right now, <laughs> bro. It was, it, it's nice. Yeah, man. Well, so here's the thing. Like I said, we're surri- at, at his house. If you went outside, which mm-hmm. at some point when we were peeking, I thought to myself, I want to look at the stars right now. Um, but there's so much city and trees, it was hard to see anything. But through the little opening in the sky in, in his front porch or whatever, I could see the moon and I could see a few stars around it and. I don't know. I, I don't think it was the shrooms. I think it was legitimately like a super fucking clear night to be looking at the stars that night. Cause they looked, mm. the sky was clear, not a, a cloud in the sky and the, the stars and the moon were so fucking bright and it wasn't even a full moon. It was like a three quarter moon or whatever. And being on shrooms, I will say I did note and I don't think I was peaking. I think I was starting to come down. It was pretty early in the morning, pretty late in the morning. I should, I guess I should say. And, uh, but it was still dark and the moon I could see like, you know what, this is crazy. This is actually, I'll tell you what I was what I was about to say, but it confirms to me that maybe I am literally able to see other parts of the spectrum that I couldn't see before because um, I used to, obviously I, I went to dental school, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, to get into dental school, you have to graduate college You have to take the entries exam and you're competing against everybody else in the country who took that same exam. And uh, then you try to apply and then you got to interview and then you got to get accepted from the interview. So it's a whole process and it's pretty competitive because you're going to be a dentist. You're basically a doctor, but with less of a headache because you own your own practice. You work on your terms. You work three or four days a week and you probably make more than most general doctors who go to medical school. Anyways, point is I had to take a lot of organic chemistry (laughs) in college and even after college and while I was waiting to get into dental school, I was a substitute teacher at high schools and I would teach, I would literally teach the lessons because the teachers trusted me to do that because of my background, to do chemistry, organic chemistry. And one of the experiments uh, that we would do, and I remember because this is like in high school, it's kind of more interactive than some of the college courses even. Um, And so one of the experiments is there's like some film that you can take and you look at light through the film, and when you look at the picture of the light source through the film, you can see what elements make up that that light source because of the way it kind of reflects through this film, and so you'll see like levels of colors, and so if you think about the visual spectrum, it goes uh, from like, there's like ultraviolet mm-hmm. at the high end, wait, wait, so you got radio waves, and then you go um, uh, uh, Roy G. Biv, so red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. That's the visual spectrum. So those are technically all the colors that exist that we can see. And then on that spectrum, though, you got radio waves, right, and stuff that's that's below the red end of the spectrum. But on this side, violet's the last color, so Roy G BIV, violet, ultraviolet radio waves. You know what I'm saying? So UV rays are technically on the same spectrum, but you're eyes can only process this small section of that spectrum. Does that make sense? Mm. So radio waves, ultraviolet waves, they're the, all the same.
1: The radio waves like under a mas- microscope, could you actually see them or we're just not no, no, our no. eyes can't.
0: No, nah, it's 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 energy, it's magnetism. It's like mm. it's like electromagnetic. It's called the el- electromagnetic spectrum. So it's a combination of electricity and magnetism. Okay? So you can't see most of them. You know, we listen to the radio because of the radio waves. It's technically the same wave, right? But the only difference is on this end, it's vibrating slowly and the waves are a little bit longer. On this end, the waves are like...
1: That's why UV
0: rays, they're more harmful to you because they're just like fucking vibrating strings just hitting you really fucking hard. You know what I'm saying? Um, So that's kind of how it differs. And so the spectrum of what you see the the way the bars you kind of get these bars and you you see the different colors of the spectrum through this film and the kind of like a, like a barcode the way that the light reflects it refracts it into this film you can look at the barcode that you get see and see what element makes that up when i was on shrooms and i looked at the moon and it, it hit me just now that's why i explained that whole thing it looked like I was looking through one of those films at the moon because what I saw was it looked like a holographic, like Charizard type of thing, but I saw it in to the, off the both sides and then off the perpendicular right here at a right angle. And it was like a spectrum of color, but it was kind of like a reflection of it. So I saw like the, I saw the moon and it was super bright, but then I saw like kind of like a hologram, you know, uh, a, a yellow, red, violet, pink ish version of it coming off of it you know what i'm saying off the moon yeah and it oh. looked like i was looking at it through one of those pieces of film which in the context of this conversation kind of blows my not mind when i realize that because it maybe is evidence pointing towards maybe it does allow me to see a little bit more of that electromagnetic spectrum than my eyes usually could you know what i'm saying yeah which gives more relevance to some of the geometric shapes i was seeing
1: it's just seeing what you're not normally able to see
0: yeah, and so, uh, man, that's a theory. That's a hypothesis based off of one experience that from coming from a guy who was tripping his ass off on shrooms, you know what I'm saying? So who knows if there's any scientific relevance to that, but let's have another science-oriented person who has a little bit of a science background like me Go and fucking take shrooms and look at the moon and tell me if you see the same thing. <laughs> you know, let's this is this is actually science. This right here is the scientific process. You realize that, right? And this is why it's fucked up. Because the scientific process is, man, I experienced this new thing. I think it tells me this about the world we live in. So let me replicate that result. Can I replicate it again? Can I replicate it again? What am I doing? I'm running many experiment experiments. And I say, oh, okay, well, now I'm gonna do this experiment. And I have an idea of what might happen before I do it. That's called your hypothesis, you know? And, and I think I'm trying to connect the dots for the listeners and the viewers out there who maybe were a little bit bored with science. Maybe those people were like, "Ah, oh, hypothesis, scientific method. Oh, I'm going to go to sleep in science class today. I was that guy. You know what I'm saying? But the older I get, the more I, how I see And I got to disagree with all the people who say school is a waste of time. School doesn't teach you anything that's useful. I disagree with that because what am I fucking doing right now? I'm making conclusions about my world because I understand, uh, have a solid foundation because I've studied the the science in school, right? So someone like that, I think that's just relevant knowledge to have, even on the streets if you're not a fucking geologist. You know what I'm saying? Um, So anyways... For those people, this is the scientific method. I, I experience something, I go, well, that's crazy. And I say, can I can I get that same result again? And I do it again, and I do it again. And then I get the other scientists who are interested in coming to the same conclusion and really finding out what works. I say, man, here's what I did. You should try it out and see if you get the same result. We are using the scientific method. And this is how it's been for hundreds and thousands of years. And that was the status quo. And people were okay with it. Then social media came along (laughs) and fucking people started getting more radicalized. And people started uh, wanting, essentially we're at a point in time where now companies are censoring your speech and so you're losing your right because it's not a government run company it's just a company and they don't want they don't like your ideas so they censor you right and the scientific community does the same thing that's why ufos and aliens are so taboo to talk about and instantly you're thought of as the crazy ufo guy because anything science anytime a real pilot sees something he's not allowed to say He's not allowed to report it because everybody else is going to think he's crazy and he's going to get fired. And it's not a thing that I'm making up. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's fact. Look at the facts. There are plenty of pilots out there who have seen something and are afraid to say something, or they've seen something and never reported it because they know they'll get fired. And then there's people who have reported it and they're complaining because they got fired. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the world we're in. But Science is being so biased, and I think that came through in the Scott Scott Walter interview. He was talking about the guy who basically has dedicated his life to researching this tower in fucking New Hampshire or one of those northeastern states, right? And Scott Walter comes along, the real life Indiana Jones, and says, "Yo, I think this is a temp uh, a tower made by the Knights Templar when they came here, and this is actually a temple for them. It wasn't a fucking windmill. Are you kidding me?" And they had a whole episode about it, and. Scott Walter show, showed that the holes in the wall line up with the procession of the equinox. So literally, Venus on every on the summer solstice and the winter solstice, Venus. If you're looking up at the from the center of the fucking tower, you look up, you will see Venus pass through the opening in the in the in the fucking wall. Oh shit! And it does that on both sides for the procession of the equinox right? So that's evidence pointing directly to the Templars. Well, here's an example of where science is biased. Other guy, he, Scott Walter shows him this. They go there, they're talking about this. They have the conversation. Scott Walter points out, Hey, this stone is shaped like a key, a commonly known thing in Templars. And it's literally at the beginning at the center of the fucking entrance to this fucking thing. And there's a lot of different things about that. And the guy goes, I see where you're coming from, but I fundamentally disagree. Why is that? It's not because he's following the scientific method. It's because he's a man who's too bought into what he thinks the world tower is that he's unwilling to change his point of view when he's presented with new evidence. You know, And so science like that, if your idea is so not mainstream, even if it has a lot of evidence to back it up, you won't get published, you'll be the crazy guy, and you'll be ridiculed by the science community, and now nobody listens to this guy no matter what you say in the future, because you're labeled as that guy, and that's what happens. And Scott Walter said that. He said the fucking flaw with society right now is in the human condition, and our fucking biases. You know. There you go.
1: There you go. Why did I go on that tangent? I, I have no idea. But you
0: just solved you solved the world's problems. Yeah. Everybody could eat now. Dude, is this not the deepest fucking podcast? I feel like it's just packed with so many of the inner workings that go on in my mind on a day to day. Yeah, verses. I feel like this one, you're just letting it all out. You're just fucking. <laughs> yeah, this is a. There's in a lot the of been pent up, just fucking, <laughs> I guess things to be said, <laughs> bro. Big shroom energy right there. Yeah, I'm not even on shrooms. <laughs> I know. This is crazy. I. What's crazy is uh when I was on shrooms. I started doing what you're not supposed to do and I started thinking about work again, right? I, well, again, who says I'm not supposed to do that, right? That's, I realized on shrooms, why do I think the world has to be one way or the other? That's just my idea of how trying to make sense of the world I live in, which is kind of crazy because when you're on shrooms, nothing makes sense in the world, which allows you to see that you're all constantly just trying to make sense of the world. So, anyways, yeah, I think it has brought a lot of value in terms of my perspective on how I see certain situations. But in all, in all re- honesty, and in retrospect, can any listener logically say that are my views the way that my thinking about certain situations has not changed for the better for a, from a for a more per mature perspective? I think objectively they have. And uh, so, fuck. What was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say when I was on Shrooms, I um. And I was like, it was, it was, it's been a while. So it's, I've been coming down for a while and I was starting to regain just just some logicality to uh, the way I'm viewing things. And I thought, man, half these guys who I get emails from literally like I I have, you see it, you're my, you work with me, right? We get emails every day. I get Instagram messages every day. And half the time I get anxiety, just look open at some of these emails because all right, I would say it's divided into three camps. Four camps. Well, the first camp is the camp I love. It's cool ass dudes, love the advice, love the results they get. Maybe they ask a question, or maybe they ask, just give me some positive love and feedback on the shit, yeah. right? And that happens pr- pretty much every day. And I'd say another fourth, so if we're divided into four, one fourth is guys who uh, are are really mad for some reason they're just angry i have the no idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> or no, not even that
1: like i feel like that's on a camp on its own but some people are just fucking they just get so just mad. negative just so yeah. negative and skeptical of everything but f- the funny thing is those those guys when you do message
0: back oh i love yourself bro yeah oh yeah, yeah like I'm, yeah. I'm surprised you messaged me back i honestly at this point i see through it because i just know this is a person who's in pain or else why would he be trying to inflict pain on the world around him? You know what I'm saying? So uh I I don't pay too much mind to it. In fact, I i, I usually respond with positivity. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um And then the other camp is the camp where I can't make out anything they say because they look like they've never taken an English class in their life, (laughs) you know? And unfortunately, I don't think these are people from foreign countries. They're just, they choose to not use proper grammar. They choose to not correct any typos. And they just, I feel like when I'm trying to read what they're saying, I'm reading it as if I'm assuming a kindergartner wrote it, you know? Which makes me instantly not know how to feel about this person's question that they're asking anyways. And usually, half these guys, and so the other camp is the, actually, you know, I don't even know what the fucking fourth camp. Who gives a fuck? But I would say half of the guys that we've already talked about don't have a profile picture. I don't know what they look like. I Who the fuck knows? And if if I don't know what you look like and you, you're negative or you leave, I can't understand anything you're fucking trying to write... What is a girl supposed to think about that type of shit when she's getting messages like that on fucking Instagram, on fucking Tinder, on fucking Bumble, on fucking Mash.com? You know, every guy I talk to, 100% of them would say that they could improve their ability to attract women and connect with them. Right? A lot of these guys suck at connecting with women, self admittedly, right? And I'm just, I say suck because I'm just passionate in the moment. Yeah. We don't say that in the moment. I wouldn't say that they would describe themselves as necessarily sucking. Some of them do, right? But most of these guys struggle with connecting with women, building a real connection on the foundation of she's attracted to me. But at the end of the day, shrooms realization how's a girl supposed to connect with you if she doesn't know what you look like or you're negative? Or she doesn't understand what you're trying to say. Or all three. You know what I'm saying? So I sent out a shrooms email <laughs> to my email list. I like
1: that the headline, though. Yeah. I, I really, what it really got my attention. It was like, God spoke to me, and this is what he had to say about dating or something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That was a Shrooms subject line. <laughs> yeah. Because I also realized when I think about subject lines and I'm not, I, I'm usually not on shrooms, right. But when I'm in my normal mindset, I'm thinking about logic. I'm thinking about what I've learned about copywriting. I'm thinking about, you know, how, what's most likely to get this person to open so they can receive the message I'm trying to give them, you know? And uh, I, I, I usually fit it into a box of what I think would most likely work. And a lot of times it kind of makes my subject lines Seem the same over time, uh, at least from my perspective, because I see everyone, mm. you know, and uh, uh, but on shrooms, I was like, fuck it. Why don't I just be real? <laughs> you know, I met God last night. <laughs> Here's what he told me about connecting with women dot dot dot. What's more blatant than that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> who doesn't want to fucking read that email? And it was a very simple email. It was five words, you know, and even when I looked at it and I was coming down on shrooms, I was like, geometrically, this he looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I literally thought that. <laughs> and because uh, I like bolded every other line and it kind of came down into a nice triangle. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, it made like bas- a little funnel. Yeah, I basically just said, and here's the thing in my head. I literally thought this was beamed down to me. You know, this realization. Uh, And it said, most of the men who message me don't have a profile picture. Most of the men who message me struggle connecting with women. How is a girl ever supposed to connect with you if she doesn't even know what you look like? Think about it. I love you. (laughs) And then I signed out. That was it. <laughs> That's the shrooms email. Probably the one and only.
1: Yeah. I know. I, like I told you, dude, the, I instantly knew with that. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't have to see anything else. I just saw that. I love you. And I was like,
0: yeah, you know, what's funny. Non-win. I, that it, it, again, fit perfectly into the email. Cause it was a thing I added right at the last second because geometrically it made it look better. <laughs> and then, but also like, like, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we are going through our day, if we if we interact with people, whether we know them or not, you know, even if you kind of keep to yourself, you know, this person does something that kind of pisses you off. This person says something that kind of annoys you. This person honks and you're like, what the fuck? You know, and we're constantly reacting to things, and you don't even realize, but it's like everybody's having kind of an effect on each other when you come in uh, into realization, and so more of the story is i have i or felt like i had maybe some unspoken tension with friends people that i work with in business you name it right and any of that when i was on shrooms and i was coming down and i started having just legitimate gratitude for having come out of like what i would call a roller coaster of a trip uh i just was like <laughs> i was like um man this this fucking emotional shit this fucking awkward tension between anybody be in my life there's no point and it's all in my own head so i don't even know if they feel the same thing you know so i was just like in a very grateful and loving mood so i started texting my friend i love you <laughs> i started texting other guys i love you man and then i was like man i don't want it to sound weird so i was like i love you brother uh i should also say i'm peaking on shrooms right now and it's 5 a.m my time in kansas <laughs> uh but anyways, let's chat when, when, uh, let's chat, let's hang out soon or something like that, you know? Um, and so it, I was just in that kind of loving mood. And so I was like, it fits geometrically into the email. And also, you know what? Maybe some of these guys have not heard this in a while, but I genuinely got love for my people, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man.
1: I mean, that's powerful. I feel like, I, yeah, as, as funny as it was, like, I feel like some guys do need to hear that, you know? Yeah. And it, Just like knowing that it comes from a genuine place,
0: yeah, yeah, and so it just made me realize things I had I usually never think about. I would say the one thing that shrooms has done for me is just allow me to see the other side of the same coin that I'm looking at, you know. And there's two sides to everything, but it's just how you perceive it. And for me, I started perceiving things from the opposite end, and I realized. I was in a spot with my email inbox, which I'm sure a lot of people experience anxiety looking at their email if they have to use it for their work and business, but also they got to use it for personal shit too. So you're always just kind of looking at your email. Um, I realized I started getting anxiety because I was like, I'm either going to not understand what this person's saying. I'm either going to get negative stuff or, or uh, a combination of the both. And it's kind of like, you know, there's definitely a lot of the positive, but it's a bias of the human condition. It's called the negativity bias. You get nine positive comments and you get one, but that one sticks with you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, It's human nature. And so I started to get anxiety, but then I realized, huh, there's a lot of people out there who really do actually like my content. And, regardless, and this is so trite. This is so fucking cliche, but stick to the people who vibe with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's people out there who maybe... Don't like your shit. Maybe there's haters. Maybe there's fuck. But honestly, the majority of the comments I get are very positive. And there's a lot of people that I talk to on a daily basis who are on my email list. And they love the emails. They love the book. They love everything about raw dating advice. And so I realized I should start focusing on those people. I should start speaking to those people more often, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's it's true. This reminds me, like, I was cold calling and I was on a call with one of the guys. And he was, like, talking to me, telling me, like, yeah, you know, I really appreciate the newsletters that you guys send out because it it really does help whenever you're like in your own head or just you're on an off day, and you know you get a fucking value email, and it just picks some. He told me he's like it picks me up, yeah. and I'm like damn, like I'm I'm always happy to hear like whenever they you know whether the book is working out great or they just love the the content that you're putting out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's always humbling to hear that kind of shit, but it's like it's it's so crazy because. You know, as someone who writes a book, maybe a, let's say of a thousand people who buy the book, how many of those people actually take the, t- take the second to reach out to you? I mean, even if it's a lot, it's still just a percentage, you know, and of that percent, like, yeah, it makes you realize that there's really a lot more people who probably aren't saying something. So if you, if you hear one thing one time, it's probably a lot of other people who think that, right? Positive or negative. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, man, it is. It is humbling, like you said, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a nice reminder. Yeah, there was another point I wanted to make, but I forgot it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, dude, like everybody here should watch Basic Instinct on Shrooms, <laughs> or just skip the Shrooms. It shit blew my mind, you know. And I think that's what got me on the love train, you know, when I was on Shrooms because it's it's a movie where, man, I. It made me realize how dangerous emotions are, how everybody's just like emotionally reacting to the world around them. Because when I was on shrooms, I couldn't make sense of the plot line. Fuck a plot line. (laughs) I was just like, why are they so extra right now? Why is this person so mad? Oh, wait, that person's only mad because that person was in a bad mood today. You know? And then I was like, wow emotions are the real mushrooms. Everybody's fucking tripping on fucking emotions. And they don't even realize it, bro. If
1: they just let it take over.
0: Yeah. Especially if it's negative. And, uh, and that's what I realized watching that movie. And so for me, it was putting me in an emotional trip, but at the end it's kind of like a murder mystery. And it's one of those movies that fucks with people even when they're sober. Cause it's got a twist in every scene. And then at the end it's like, is she going to murder him or is she not a murderer? I don't fucking know. And you realize she was about to stab him with an ice pick, but before she did, she put the ice pick down and they started making out and they embraced. <laughs> and I remember the first thing I said because I was on Shrooms and the movie ended, I was like, whoa love prevails (laughs) love will always prevail (laughs) and that was like the first thing i said i was like whoa why did i say that probably because i'm on shrooms and that and i think that's what's got me started on like man i gotta text everybody i love them right now (laughs) love will always prevail (laughs) yo so keep bringing the love because i give the love right back you know and also i'm just curious out there for any of the listeners or the watchers of the podcast do you like these episodes where me and Chris just kind of fuck around? You know, because sometimes, you know, we get a lot of guests and we can line up guests all day if we if we really wanted to. You know, there's yeah. nothing that prevents us from being able to do that other than COVID might, you know, be a barrier for people to travel here. I definitely like having guests. I would love to hear what guests with these other guys, any of the people watching or listening would want to have on in the future and we could try to make that happen. But I also kind of appreciate just being able to fuck around. So I'm curious, do you guys like this too? because it allows me to get a lot of viewpoints off my chest that I don't really talk about, you know? All that pent-up,
1: Yeah. all those <laughs> pent-up thoughts Yeah. up in the head. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? I don't know. I, I find these fun, and definitely, like, I feel like just what you've, you've talked about before is just having those base of people, like, you know, Clark, Brian, and, like, that that main group. I feel like that would make it a fun kind of, yeah. I don't know. They're just always fun, because you guys talk about, whether with you and Clark and talking about aliens, yeah. or you and Brian just fucking talking about cults, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well uh I will say this. Tomorrow I will be going to a thing in Tempe. So I guess technically today because that's when this podcast is coming out. So today for you guys who are watching this on the day it came out, I'll be in Tempe. If you happen to catch this in time, come check me out. You know, cuz I uh I'm going to the Phoenix Mufon meeting. I think I asked Chris if he wants to come. If you want to come, you're more than welcome to come. But MUFON is basically like the UFO researcher group that every city has and I was like I wonder if Phoenix has one. Uh, and so I looked it up and they have a meeting tomorrow in Tempe and they're bringing on a, a, an abdu- they're bringing on a speaker who is a guy who was abducted by aliens and I've been I emailed this guy a couple of weeks ago cuz I wanted to try to get him on the podcast cuz he was abducted in Arizona and he's from Phoenix. And so he's coming to speak at it, but his story is so crazy. Cause I've said this on the podcast before. If you guys are OG listeners, which apparently there are a few, you know, there's a lot of people who have consumed a lot of these podcasts pretty much, even in my legendary game coaching group, the other day we we're on a coaching call and like all 10 of the guys who are on the call, were like, yeah, we love your podcast. So if you guys are listening, if you guys have actually listened to every episode, you've probably heard me say like, I don't really pay a lot of attention to the to the people who say they're abducted by UFOs or aliens because man, like, okay, well I met George Washington, you know? So what are you going to say? Prove me wrong, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, what, what can you do with that? But his story blows my mind because it was in the news um, prior to any of the abduction part of the story coming out. If a guy was going to fake an abduction, what is he going to do? He's going to tell a story about his abduction and people are instantly going to say, that guy is crazy. Well, what happened was, um, he was working in a forest in Arizona um, with like six other coworkers and they're driving around in a truck and literally it's kind of nighttime or maybe it's early morning. I don't fucking know, but they see this light in the trees kind of shining through the trees and they're driving around in the forest cause they're working in the forest together um, and they go, what is that light? Let's go check it out. So they're trying to find the light and they eventually come to a clearing in the forest uh, and it's, like, but are surrounded by a lot of woods and it's a uh, flying saucer just hovering there. And they're, that's the source of the light, right? And they're all looking at this thing through the fucking truck. And they're like, holy fucking shit. Travis Walton, who's this guy who's speaking at this thing in Tempe tomorrow, today, for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he gets out of the truck, and this is in the 70s. He gets out of the truck and he takes to take a closer look at it. And everybody's like, yo, get back in the truck. And the thing beams down a fucking light beam out of this flying saucer at Travis and it shoots him off like 10 feet because it like it hits him and it blasts him off like 10 feet away and he's like unconscious on the ground. His friends think this flying saucer just killed him. And so they get close the door and drive away. They want to go get help, right? And then they they literally thought Travis was dead, right? And then they drive a few hundred feet away or whatever. And they go, no, we got to go back and get Travis. We got to go back and get Travis. They go back. Travis is gone. Flying Saucer has gone. They don't know what to do. So then they, and here's just what I'm telling of the story from what I've heard of his story. Um, so anyway, I, I would love to get this guy on the podcast. So how the story kind of pans out is that they go back. They tell people what happened in town. They're like, we don't know where he is. We went back for him. He's gone, you know. And every the cops are, like, kind of getting their testimony. And the they, cops start talking. They're like, these motherfuckers, they all murdered this motherfucker, Travis, in the woods and left him for, for, for dead. This, they're just trying to get away with murder with this crazy alien story, you know? And so for, like, five days, it's going around the news. These people are getting, like, in trouble because everybody thinks they murdered their friend. Five days later, Travis Walden comes stumbling out of the fucking woods. He calls his brother from a payphone. And he's like, yo, (laughs) come get me, bro. (laughs) Like, Yeah, and they're like, stop fucking around, Travis. This isn't you. And he says something, and it's like, it's clearly Travis. And so this guy's alive, and he corroborates the entire story. It's exactly as these guys said, and he has a whole experience of being on the flying saucer, zipping around, trying to run away and fight these fucking things. He's having trouble breathing in the fucking inside of it, meets some little short alien beings, But he also meets some tall human looking beings that aren't quite human, but almost human, but are only there to make him comfortable enough so they can get control of him. So he'd stop fighting back. Mm. And then he fucking gets dropped off in the fucking on the street or whatever by the woods. And so, man, I would love to interview that guy because I want to see I want to see I want to be in the room and be able to read him while he's telling the story. And really see if it really is true. Cause I have a, I, I think I have a gift and it's just being able to read people and just like because I'm so good at empathizing with people and I can kind of just feel like if they're being truthful or not. And I wanna be able to read him, you know, in the room. And so, man, so he's going to be speaking at that thing tomorrow. I'm going to go. I'm going to try to make that connection and try to get him all the (laughs) podcasts.
1: Doesn't he live in Arizona?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no reason why he wouldn't, but he is a little bit older because I was in the 70s, so maybe COVID, he doesn't want to go to some random dude's fucking apartment to fucking (laughs) film a podcast, but maybe he would, you know? you never know you never know as long
1: as you take the precautions
0: yeah i've emailed him a couple times the first time i emailed him telling him about my interest in his story i'd love to have him on my podcast i'm actually in the same city that he's located in if he's still here um never got a response so i emailed him last night i was like yo uh you know like i said i'm in phoenix would love to still have you on the podcast by the way saw you're speaking in tempe i'll be there see you and he's probably thinking to himself if if he actually got it Who's this crazy guy? He's going to come find me down. Yeah. And they're going to kick me out. Big ass dude (laughs) is waiting for you. Yeah. So I'll keep you guys posted. But (laughs) if you're in the area, come swing by and help me get this guy on the podcast.
1: That'd be dope.
0: All right, guys. Well, let's get out of here. I had fun on this one. What about you?
1: That was fun. Just listening to all your your inside thoughts. I
0: feel like I feel bad because I end up talking the whole time when you're on. But, you know, if you want to talk more, Leslie, we can talk more. Next time though, yeah. that's this yeah, time yeah, yeah. because we can't let you talk on this one. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a one-way, this one. Yeah. Would you guys want him to be talking more? Let us know in the comments if you're on YouTube. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. <laughs> Peace out. Happy Friday. Happy Saturday. Peace. Jesus. <laughs>